This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. And where we're going to be talking about today comes out of 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 through 8, or where the verse are. And I'm just going to read a couple of uh, different translations real quick. It's in the New International, it tells us that love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. The contemporary English version says that love is always supportive, loyal, hopeful, and trusting. The New Living Translation says love never gives up never loses faith, <clears throat> excuse me, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And finally, in the King James, it says that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Now, what I want you to get out of that is, listen, the word always and the phrase all thing, all things are repeated four separate times. You know why? So we won't miss the point. So hopefully we'll get it because sometimes we got, God's got to say things and say them and say them until we finally get it. Amen? Amen? So that's repeated in there four times so that we can get uh, the, the point that God is trying to get across to us. There are four aspects of love, which I'm going to talk a little bit about today, that I believe when we take them all together and we hear what God is telling us, that no matter how desperate your situation No matter how bad we've messed up, no matter how bad somebody else has messed up, no matter how much trouble has come in our lives, that with God's love, all things are possible and that God will help us so that we can see, never give up. Love in action is a very important thing. Because, see, we can throw around the word love, we can say love a lot, but love takes some action just like Jesus had to take action when he went to the cross. God's love in us and us going out there and doing what Jesus did and he gave his love away. So the first one that we're going to talk about is it bears all things. The first phrase says that love bears all things. This comes from the Greek word meaning to cover something. It's related to the word for a roof covering that offers protection from all the elements of the weather. So in the natural, a roof over your natural house protects you from the rain, the sleet, the snow, the heat, the cold. It protects us. That roof over us protects us. In 1 Peter 4 and 8, it says that love covers a multitude of sins. That is precisely the meaning here, that love protects other people. It doesn't broadcast their bad news. It goes the extra mile and believes the best. It goes the extra mile that even if you don't know that person and you hear people talking bad and ugly, you don't go repeat what they say. You pray. We try to protect a person's reputation, especially if we believe it's being slandered wrongfully. And we say, God, help them to be able that the truth will eventually come out. Amen. There are two very relevant applications here. First, love doesn't nitpick about every little thing and complain and mumble and grumble all the time. It doesn't point out the flaw of your mate, of your kids, 
of your coworker, your neighbors, your church friends, your church members. Don't sit there, nitpick, 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 and let me point out everything that you don't do and what you don't say and how you act and all this and that. That's not what love does. Sometimes you just have to choose, you know what? I'm going to pray. I'm not going to worry about that in my life or in their life. I'm going to pray and trust God. If you took time to point out every single thing that's wrong with your spouse or your children or your co-worker or your church members or all your kids and all your relatives, you ain't going to never have time to do anything else. And that's what's the problem with the church. They don't have time to pray and see God because we're too busy looking at everybody else and what they're not doing and what they're not saying and, you know, and, and looking at the world. Well, I've done this and I've done that. And look at them. They're blessed. Why ain't I got that? And I've done all this, da 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 And God said, you know what? If you would just quit doing all that and you'd have time to pray, Amen. seek my face, Amen. and hear what I have for you. Right. This applies to every relationship on our life. Let's keep our eyes on him and let him take care of first me and then them, okay? Second, love doesn't criticize in public. Now, we know we got a world out there and that's all they do. They want to cut people down, criticize them, believe the worst, believe the best, not even give people a chance. We're just going to go out there and we feel like we've got this God-given right that we can go and hurt people, destroy them with our mouths, destroy property, and we've got a right in that because we don't like someone's, uh, uh, someone else's uh, belief or we don't like what someone else stands for, so we're just going to go do all this stuff. No, that's not what God did. Amen. We need to pray one for another, and it doesn't criticize in public. Perhaps... Paul's primary meaning was love doesn't do its dirty laundry for the world to see. Because remember, when you go out there and are constantly criticizing and putting down others, and even if they don't believe like you do, guess what? Someday your dirty laundry may be hanging out there. So what you sow, you will eventually reap. So I don't know about you, but it would be better just if you say, well, I ain't got no dirty laundry like their laundry. Well, I'll tell you, but everybody's got some dirty laundry. And I don't know about you, but I don't want any of my laundry out there for the world to see. Okay? So let's pray one for another. Lift them up in prayer. And then you have a better chance, see, of walking in love like God had chose for us. This is why it really upsets me, and I cringe every time when I hear or see couples out in public, and I hear a, a husband demean a woman, or I hear a woman criticize the husband. They have no respect one for another. And I think, well, if that's what they're doing in public, I can't imagine what they're doing in private. You've got to remember, when you're talking one to another as a believer, Jesus is standing right there. He's right in between you. So maybe that'll help you the next time when your mouth is tempted to spew garbage and puke on one another. You remember, Jesus is right there. So guess who's going to get it first? That'll help you just a little bit. That'll help you just a little bit. Remember that what you're saying to somebody else, you're saying it to Jesus first. Okay? So let's think about and be careful of how we treat one another. I've been sorry in my life many times. I've opened my mouth and said things. Many times you can go back and say, man, I wish I would have never said that. I wish I would have never said that. But I've never regretted, never regretted, when I kept silent. 
Because when it comes down to it, needless to say, criticism of other people, that can be our best advice. Stay quiet and pray. That could be the best thing we could do. Okay, our second one is believes all things. To believe all things means to love, believes the best. Love believes the best regardless of what it sees. Love gives the benefit of the doubt. Now remember, this is not human love. This is God's love, but it's in us. But you've got to draw on this. You've got to, we've got to learn to walk in it. So love gives the benefit of the doubt. It takes people at their highest and their best. He takes them at, we take them at their lowest and their worst. When things are good and when things are bad, we believe the best. Love must always be guarded, though, by wisdom and discernment. True love can't be, you know, eventually, sometimes you'll figure out there's what they call con artists that will use your love, abuse your love, and, you know, when you give it and give it. But guess what? There's still come a time, though, you know, where maybe after a point your wisdom and revelation realize, well, I can't love them the same way. I might have to love them from a distance, but I still got to love. I still got to love. But God will help us in those areas. But even when you've been accused falsely, you still have to love. Because remember that even in the court of law, the accused person is innocent until proven guilty. Love says, I'm willing to wait for the evidence to come forth forth before I pass my judgment or before I decide to just call you guilty. I choose to give you the benefit of the doubt, even when it doesn't seem like there should be. Because remember, some of us have already put a guilty verdict on many people. We haven't even given them the benefit of the doubt because we're not walking in the love of God. Remember, if you'll treat people like a 10, even when they're acting like a zero, the majority of the time they'll come up to that 10. If you start treating people with respect and love, those that don't even deserve it, if you'll start treating people with love that you feel don't even deserve it, if you'll start treating the person that you think acts like the biggest jerk with a little bit of respect and choose to walk in the love of God, I guarantee you they'll start coming up to the way we choose to treat them. I never tire of repeating that people tend to become what we believe of them. They'll either go up or down to our expectations because of what we continually sow or say into their lives or expect. If you treat a man as trustworthy, he will strive to prove, him, prove himself worthy of your trust. If you tell a child, you go swing that bat as hard as you can, they'll swing it like they're Babe Ruth. Because you're telling them, you can do this. You can do this. If you tell a beautiful woman, if you tell the most beautiful woman in the world, uh, treat her with respect. She will be transformed before your eyes, even if she doesn't feel beautiful or even if she's been abused or neglected. What you say and how you treat another person, they will come up to that. That's what Jesus did. He validated. Just like he validated Simon. He said, you're the rock. He validated the prostitute. He said, your sins are forgiven. He validated the woman who was caught in adultery. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It is the simple power of believing that brings the best out in people. Even those that you think are at their worst and they have no hope. What you believe and what you speak and declare over their life can bring out the best. 
just like Jesus did. Love believes the best as long as it can be believed. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's a story, and I read this, and I told Pastor, I had a hard time reading it because I was just so touched in my heart the first service, so I hope I could get it. You might think it's silly, but it just touched me. It's about the power of love, though. See, the love that God has, and that we don't even tap into that like we need to. But the Dr. E.V. Hill, which was a very long-time pastor of the uh, Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Los Angeles. He was one of the foremost preachers in, in America and used to travel around. One of his biggest things was the Promise Keepers, which was a very big, large man's movement. But when he was a young man, he married Jane Carruthers, a young lady who came from a very fine, well-off financial family. By his own testimony, he says that many eyebrows were raised, much criticism when he married such a refined woman Who would marry a man that grew up in poverty? Shortly after they were married, E.V. convinced his wife that they should buy a gas station. She warned him, you don't know anything about gas stations. You don't know anything about running a gas station. If we do this, we're going to lose all of our money. Now, needless to say, he bought the gas station. We won't go there right now, women, with men sometimes. But we have to believe the best because we've also made choices too that were not the most smartest. Time proved out the wisdom of her words. Eventually the day came. He lost the gas station and all the money they invested into it. But this is what's important. Her response was simple. I've been doing some calculating. If you had been a smoker or a drinker, we would have lost that much or more. Now listen, that's powerful. She said, it's, you know, just, it it could have happened another way, but we would have lost it. Let's just forget it and move on. Oh, now this is a big word right here, but some of us don't want to hear this. Let's just forget it and move on. Okay. With those words, she was saying to her chastised, probably broken, busted, probably feeling like a zero in life. It's okay. I believe in you. I believe in you. She had love in action. Not too many weeks later, Evie Hill came home to discover his wife had prepared a lovely candlelight dinner, thinking this would be a romantic evening together. He made some humorous comments about it, was all excited, went to the bathroom to wash his hands, flipped the light. No lights. So, of course, he figured out, uh uh-oh, something's not right. Went back to the table, and she was crying. She said, I know you've been working hard, and we didn't have any money to pay the electric bill. So I decided, why didn't we have a candlelight dinner? What she did was validated him with love, with God's love, and said, it's all right. I don't know, we're going to have to just figure this out, but somehow we'll get the lights on. But in the meantime, let's have a candlelight dinner. Let's shut the door to the devil. Let's stomp on his idiotic, stupid little face that, guess what? He's going to wish he never went down this road and he won't do it again. Love in action. Love in action. 
We've got to make some cho- choices here with one another, in your mates, in your children, in your church family, with people that you don't know out on the street. You're going to have to learn to love like God loves. And then we got to make a choice, though, as the family of God that we win together and we lose together. When you're down, we're going to pull you up. When somebody else is down, we're going to pull you up. And when you're up, we're going to praise God and rejoice with you and say, God, we're so glad you got that house. We're glad you got that car. We're so glad you got healed. We're so glad that God paid off all your bills. Because guess what? Me too. Me too. I'm in the me too line. So we win together and we lose together. But what a difference it makes when we really believe in the love of God and we believe in those around us. What a difference it makes when husbands and wives and parents and children and teachers and students and friends and co-workers and your church members truly believe in each other. Because we're believing in God first. And then we're going to act like Jesus. And we're going to believe in one another. What a difference it makes in those dark moments of life when you can say it's going to be all right because God loves us and he's going to make sure. And we're together in this. We're going to be with you. You're not alone. God is with you and we're with you. And we're going to walk through this thing together. What a difference it makes when you're going through trouble that no matter what happens, when you've got someone that says, guess what? God is with you. And so are we. We're going to lock arms in this thing. That's love in action. The third one is hopes all things. The third phrase in the verse 7 tells us that hopes all things. This is simply a step beyond believing. The meaning is something like this. There are times in life when you face situations and you just feel like, guess what? This is impossible. You'd gladly at this point, even if you could see just a little bit of the uh, hope or a little bit of light, you'd just be really glad just a little bit of something. But it just seems like sometimes all you see are the dark, rainy clouds, the big thunderstorms, and you just can't see. Some of you may be facing some situations right now, difficult life circumstances or whatever in life. You know, whatever it is, maybe it's your marriage, your children, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, maybe it's you. But guess what? The only word that seems to keep popping up in your thing is impossible. Impossible. That's all you seem to see. You feel like you've cried out, you've wept, you've prayed, you've sowed, you've done all kinds of stuff, but all you keep seeing is impossible. Impossible. But guess what? Quit looking with your natural eyes and begin to look with your spiritual eyes. Begin to look with the eyes of God, with the eyes of hope. Begin to say what God says. Open up the word and begin to declare what your daddy has said for you and to you. What does love do in the impossible situation? What do you do when you just seem like you can't believe? You hope. You hope again. You hope again. You hope another minute. Then you hope the next minute. Then you hope the next minute. You talk yourself right up until I'm going to hope right up until tonight. I'm going to hope again until tomorrow, until I see this thing change. There's a step beyond belief. Belief is finding a tiny grain of evidence to rest on. Hope rests in God and God alone. That's why you'll get weary in well-doing because you're putting your hope and trust in yourself, in your job, in your family, in your mate, and you're not putting it in God. Believing in God's love for me as he said it for me and believing that regardless of what's going on, my daddy's going to work it out because God is for me. He's not against me. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, there was Judas 
Where was Judas? Well, according to John 13, he says he was right there in the room. Did you know, did Jesus know what Jesus was, what Judas was about to do? Sure. He even told him one time, just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead. Did Jesus wash Judas' feet? Yes. And he wasn't pretending. He was doing love in action. God's love. How could he do that? Because he loved Judas, even though he knew he would betray him and do him wrong. Because that's how God's love works. No matter how impossible the situation, no matter what it looks like, love always hopes because it looks into the future and not the past. It doesn't look at where we are. It looks into the future. So let's apply this principle to every area of our life, to every relationship. We're often told that you just got to accept them the way they are. They're no good. They're never going to change. That's never going to be any different. You just want to throw up your hands and walk away. Well, that's, if you, that's what you're believing. But see, as long as there's a God... There's nothing impossible with him. There's no man or woman that's impossible to be changed by the love of God if we're trusting God. But you can't change them, and they can't change themselves without God. That's the key. So quit trying to figure out how you're going to fix them and how you're going to change them and give them to God. Because when we continually say that, that's not acceptance of just saying, well, you just got to accept them. No, that's fatalism. Because really what you're saying is there must not be a God then. Because with God, there is nothing that is impossible. I accept that. I accept that this is the way that we are sometimes is not an answer new. No, this is the way you are right now, but I'm believing that you're going to change. And I'm believing that my hope is in God and where you are now or where I'm at now and what's going on right now is not going to stay. It is going to change. When hope is gone, life is gone. To hope is to believe in God despite what is around you, despite how deep and dark the hole may seem. Because life will throw you the zero. But God says, I want you to live in the plus. I want you to live in the plus zone. That's where God wants us to be because we got to trust him. But when you trust in yourself and you're trusting in the world's ways, you're going to stay in the zero zone. Hope looks to the future. A man stopped once by a little league baseball team and he said to the youngster, what's your score? He said, oh, we're losing 18 to zero was the answer. Well, said the man, whew, man. I would say that was, that's really bad. He said, but you don't look discouraged. He said, discouraged? Why should I be discouraged? We haven't even gotten up to bat yet. <laughs> Looking into the future. Looking into the future. So no matter how bad the past has been, this is the source of our hope, God and his love. His love for us and the love that he's already put in us that he wants us to give away. Number four talks about endures all things. Love endures all things. Now listen to this. This I thought was so good. The word endures is a military term that means holds a position at all cost, even on to the death, whatever it takes. The, mat, the battle may be lost, but the soldier keeps on fighting to the very end. The word pictures an army surrounded by superior forces, being attacked and slowly overwhelmed on every side. One by one, your comrades are falling by your side. Through the dim of the battle comes one final command. Stand your ground. And if necessary, 
die well. So love holds fast to people. It perseveres and never gives up, even when it looks impossible. Love won't stop loving, even in the face of trouble, rejection, and turmoil. And when it seems impossible, love in action. First, we talk about love covers the sins of the ones it loves. Second, love believes the best as long as that is possible. And with God, it is possible. Third, love hopes when it cannot believe. And fourth, love endures when hope is gone. That's love in action. That's God's love. And listen, to walk away from another person, to walk away and not love like God is love is like committing spiritual suicide. When we've given up and we walk away and won't shed the love of God. And like I told you, sometimes you might have to love from a distance. You might not like the person. You might not like what they're doing. But you still have to love with the love of God. Love endures and can't be. Love endures what can't be endured. It's God's super on our natural. Love is not passive in the face of unjust treatment. Love takes action to shake up any situation. Love looks beyond the present to the hope of what will be in the future. Just like what Jesus did for us. Knowing that he would be rejected. Knowing that he would be persecuted and lied about. He still loved. He still loved. Yes, love can be risky. Love doesn't always turn out to be totally perfect when we give our love away. Sometimes we get disillusioned when we read the little romance novels and everything went perfect. They had the white house, the white picket fence. They never were without money. Nobody ever spoke a harsh word. They never had one day of trouble. But newsflash... We live in a bad world with a bad devil, so things can get messed up, and things may not go totally the way we thought, or as perfect as we were told as a child, or the book we read, or what we think everybody else's little life looks like on the outside. Well, they just have the fairy tale life. Well, you ain't in their house. Amen? But guess what? In real life, Love gets crushed, it gets bruised, it gets rejected, it gets stepped on. It's a very risky business, love is. But God did it, so we have to too. And God has already put it in us, so he's expecting us to do it. And the reason things ain't changing and going better for us is because we're all filled up with this love of God, but you've got to put it back out. You've got to give it away. See, because what you give away, you can't get back more of. So we've got to release the love of God that he has put in us. Yes, without God, it is impossible to do this. But with God, it's possible. So even though all of this is risky, and it can be abused and all of that, but for the Christian, there's only one possible answer. To have loved and lost, then is to have never loved at all. The real losers in life are those that will never take a risk on life. They've hardened their hearts and built up the walls and said, I'm never going to love then how are they going to receive love if they won't give love? So we got to make that choice to say, you know what? I understand that it's God's heart. It's God's love. 
And it's his love that is poured into me. He's sowing that he would be rejected, abused, and hurt, lied about, and crucified. But he sent him anyway, and he came. Love in action. Jesus loved no matter what. Already knowing what would happen, he could have said no. But he said yes. Love stands it gra- stands its ground in the face of cursing, slander, hatred, ill treatment, and the worst that any man or person could ever dish out. But I've never forgotten the words of Corey Ten Boom in The Hiding Place when she was asked <clears throat> uh, how could she endure a nausea concentration camp without becoming bitter, without living in bitterness, she replied, there is no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. That was love in action. That one phrase is the key to the principle in 1 Corinthians 13 that it's about the love of God, not the love of man. No, we can't do this on our own, but we're filled with the love of God. Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to pour out God's love into your, in my heart. He pours it in there. When the Holy Spirit has done this work, you are able to pour out the love that God has poured into us. What God has given us, now we're able to give away. But are we and will we? Because see, once again, we all have a choice. Love in action will give it away. In a sermon that Charles Haddon Spurgeon once uh, ministered on, he kept bringing back about love, he kept bringing back his readers back to the cross because Christ is the source and the only source of this kind of love. Only God's love, love in action. As Pastor Ron comes, let me tell you, it's not simply difficult. It's not simply just difficult. It's impossible to walk in this kind of love without God. In our own, it's impossible. But with God, it's possible. But what God demands of us, the Holy Spirit has already supplied in us. If we became a born-again child of God, ask Jesus to live on the inside of us, then greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. And that means that that love is filled to the fullest in us. But we've got to tap into it. And begin to walk in it. And walk like God would. Walk like Jesus would. Our deepest needs are not intellectual or not emotional. They are spiritual. You've got to quit trying to do this in your little mind. In your feelings and in your emotions. And walk in the supernatural love of God. So when your feelings get crushed and you feel like you've been smashed. You've got to go, God, I'm going to draw on your love. I'm drawing on your love. I'm drawn on your love. It's an old story repeated over and over again. Many of us struggle in our circumstances. You know why? Because we're really fighting against what the Lord has for our lives and what he wants us to do. And walking in true obedience in every area of our life. That's where the struggle is. But the answer is as plain as the nose on your face. Let each of us yield completely to the Holy Spirit. Let each of us begin to make that choice and begin to say, God, 
You are my supply. It's your love in my life, and you have supplied me with it. Even though I face hard times or difficult times or impossible situations, I'm going to pray and believe that you are going to take care of it. You're going to make it all right. And I'm going to pray, God, let your will be done, not mine. Let's let God begin to take over in our lives. You need to relinquish some things. See, some of you have been hanging on too tight to what your opinions are, to all your little plans and how you think you're going to fix them and fix this. And you're going to, you know, how you're going to pay all, you know, you got all these little plans of how you're going to fix your little life and, and, and it's going to be all better. And God says, why don't you just pray that my will be done in your life? Amen. Go ahead and relinquish all your rights and say, God, I'm giving it all to you. And I'm going to listen to what your instructions are. And in that, we'll walk out of this. You won't even smell of smoke. You're going to walk out healed and whole and restored. Recover all. Walk out on the other side. A blessing. Blessed to be a blessing to others. We've got to really walk in this if we're expecting to touch people's lives in the days that we're in. They can't have a natural love. They're going to have to have a supernatural power that's called God's love operating in our lives and through us. It's the only way people are going to be changed and touched in this world today. People for our lives. His power, not ours. So quit saying, I can't do this. No, you can't, but he can. So together, it's a we, it's us. You know, it's just like when you exchange me and you get married. Now it's not about me anymore. It's about us. So there's some things that, guess what? You may not like, she may not like, but sometimes you got to be willing to say, okay, well, this time we'll have what you wanted, and then next time, well, I want it. And I really don't want to watch that stinking little chick flick, but because, but... But because, but because I love you, and I'm going to walk in God's love, we'll watch it. I'll put the me aside for the us. And that's the way we got to get in our relationship with God. You got to get you out of the way and say, God, this is us. We're in this together. I'm not in this alone. In closing, I offer you no natural miracle cure, but I offer you a supernatural miracle cure, which is the love of God that surpasses anything we could ever think or imagine. But he's already put it in there. It said he already filled us with his love. But you've got to begin to tap in it and begin to give it away. Begin to pour it out. Don't walk in the natural. Don't walk in your senses. This is a supernatural cure. That can change everything in your life. Sure, the rain may be falling and some of you feel like the thunderstorms are going on right now. But guess what? It doesn't have to destroy your life. When we walk in the love of God and when the love of God is your foundation, the rains can come, the winds can blow, the river can rise all the way up to the threshold. But your house will still stand firm and will not fall down, will not fall apart if it's built on the rock of the love of the living God, it will not be shaken. It will not be destroyed. 
But we got to choose to walk in God's love. We got to start putting some love in action. God's love. With God, every door to the enemy will be closed. There are some things right now that God's saying, when you begin to walk in this love, I'm telling you, there's some things that the enemy has just been eating your lunch constantly. The door's been closed to that this day. Because the story of the love of Jesus that he shed abroad to us when he died on that cross was love in action. God loves you so much, and he wants us to walk in that fullness and that overflow. But you've got to learn how to experience and get the revelation of God's love before you can give it away. If you really don't know how deep and how wide and how immeasurable God's love is, it's hard for you to give it away. So I pray today that you'll seek out, study out the love of God. How deep and how wide. And then begin to say, you know what, I've already got this. I'm already full. He said he already filled me. But I ain't been tapping into it. And as you begin to tap into it and give it away, I'm telling you, things will change. Things will begin to turn around. If you'll go ahead and just stand up with me. I'm going to tell you, see, because in the world, you know, love is superficial. First time things get a little tough. First time trouble comes, well, we just get us another one. Or we'll run them into the ground because, you know, they don't want to be with me anymore. Or love's always conditional. Well, as long as you're doing right or as long as everything's perfect, then I'm with you. But as soon as you mess up, I'm out of here. That's not God's love. And we got to start walking in that. Because I'm telling you, we are coming in some days that people need to see the love of God. Not your love, not my love, but God's love which passes all understanding. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.